I'm a married woman. Meaning what? Meaning I'm not looking for company. And you should have said I'm a happily married woman. That's my business. What? How happy I am. And how happy is that? You're not too smart, are you? <laughs> I like that in a man. What else do you like? Lazy, ugly, horny? I got them all. You don't look lazy. <laughs> Tell me, does chat like this work with most women? Some, if they haven't been around much. I wondered. Thought maybe I was out of touch. I'm gonna buy you a drink. I told you, I've got a husband. I'll buy him one, too. He's out of town. My favorite kind. We'll drink to him. Only comes up on weekends. <laughs> I'm liking him better all the time. Everybody. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies featuring Bryn and Jeremy. That doesn't take itself too seriously. And this month, it is the Dark Council's steamy, sexy fuck brewery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we are Very on, nice. We are on week two. Uh, I really wish I had made a um, a sexy uh, version oh, of the yeah. song. But I couldn't figure out how to make a good saxophone sound. And yes, you kind of need yeah, it. You kind of need a saxophone, yeah. Because there's like the obvious, like, yeah, it's got to like be like a Kenny perfect. G sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn. I have a I mean, friend who plays clarinet really well, but then I'd have mm, to like get him to record. It'd be a whole thing. Yeah, I didn't have time. Um, maybe next time. Maybe next Sorry. fuck brewery. <laughs> Yeah, maybe to be a tradition. It is Valentine's Day. That's uh, true. This month, not right now. Um, but uh, it's a nice time for s- some steamy stuff. And boy, do we have a steamer here uh, <laughs> for at least for at least some of the movie. <laughs> right, the first half of the movie is fucking pretty horny. Mm. Uh, one of the more horny movies I've seen in a long time. Um, uh, we were talking this week about body heat, um, but we are not going to talk about it yet because at the beginning of Generation Lost... Because we can't. The show <laughs> about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously. And remember, it's not about not taking movies too seriously. Just it's ourselves. True. I mean, it our is a little opinion. bit about movies also, but it's, you know... It's more that we don't take our opinions it's more about too ourselves. seriously. Yeah. You can take some movies kind of seriously. It's all right. But not too seriously. Um, <laughs> I'll take them a little too seriously sometimes. Uh, but uh, yeah, actually, before we do that, before we start taking them not seriously, <laughs> uh, we got to talk about what else we watched this week. And Jeremy, I will ask you, since you actually have something to watch that you watched, what did you watch this week? Bryn, thanks for asking. You um, are welcome. This weekend, uh, I treated my son to not one but two different uh, movie days. We uh, wow. We had I I think I've told you about this already that like um, my nephews, all of them don't watch movies. They all like you know short form stuff. They don't watch full length movies ever. And uh, and I credit this to having been introduced to short form content early and their parents not putting enough emphasis on the importance of long form content. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to introduce Nico to movies as a thing that is different <laughs> from a show. Sure. You understand? Like, Absolutely. I will, like if he said, if he refers weird, to it as though. a show, I will tell him, no, this is a movie. Like if I want to make sure that he understands the difference I find it weird that you care about that distinction considering the nature of our show. Well, it just, I, I wouldn't, uh, had it not been kind of like brought to my attention as a, as something that is kind of becoming an issue with, with kids. And, um, Mm -hmm. so we have movie time where like we will watch a movie in its entirety. He gets more screen time than he normally would. So we can finish the movie. And, um, 
We'll like make popcorn. We'll sit together and watch it together. It's a very like, you know, I'm trying to like make it a different experience from watching TV. Uh, so this weekend we sure. watched two movies together. Uh, I finally caved and I paid for a Disney Plus subscription. Oh, no. There's just so many movies on there. They've got um, so many movies. They've got so many movies. And um, and like all the other kids movies are all just fucking scattered around all these different apps and whatever. And like there's so much of it on like Netflix in particular. It's just like dubious quality bullshit. We've watched too many like stupid like boss baby spinoffs at this point. that <laughs> I'm just like, forget it. We're just getting Disney Plus and we're watching Disney movies for a while. Sure. So this weekend, quality movies usually. We watched 1995's A Goofy Movie. Oh, a and goofy we watched movie. 1967's The Jungle Book. I was just singing that. Which what song? Uh, the uh, ape song. You. Oh, want to be like you? Yeah, I want to be like you. That song fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> Louis Prima is incredible in Louis this. Louis Prima, baby. Louis Prima, baby. King Louis. Louis uh, Primo. <laughs> absolutely fucking incredible. Uh, they put a um, they put a warning at the beginning. They do this a lot on Disney Plus for like oh, older like, Disney movies. People might think like, this is racist. Sorry. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> like uh, it's it's you know it's just like this uh, depicts like a a you know outdated vision of of these things and a time um, and a place <laughs> and they're like we do, while we don't agree with them we also don't agree with erasing them so here they are uh just want to make sure you know that we don't like it uh <laughs> what what exactly is so this is this the was jungle book so this is what i was wondering about while I'm watching the jungle book is i keep watching it being like so what's the problem here like who are we taking umbrage with in this uh I believe the problem is none other than King Louie. I think that people think because he's like a jazzy scat singing, you know, ape that we're supposed to all have made that connection that it was that maybe, he's black, that he's black, but he's played by an Italian guy. Yeah. Louis so, Prima is not black. Louis Prima is very, very not black. <laughs> and I don't think that had anybody ever <laughs> not like, I don't think this feels like ever... one of those. This feels like one of those things where a bunch of like white people in a boardroom are just like gritting their teeth. Like, mm-hmm. um, do we have to say anything? <laughs> is it, is Can it we racist? not talk about this? Is, is it, it racist, racist for an ape to have too much sauce? Is that the problem here? Like, <laughs> he's just too fucking cool and also an ape at the same time. So they're like, we want to get out ahead of this one. <laughs> We're not saying that King Louis is a black guy. We weren't saying that. We didn't assume that. Actually, if you assume that, you're racist. <laughs> yeah, it feels like uh, it's 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 more racist to have put the warning in front of King Louis than to have not. Doesn't feel great, actually. Um, um and then it's not uh, like he's it's not like he's a caricatured monkey. They no, drew, they drew him as an orangutan. Yes, it's not like he. There's no like, like racialized features there. There's Dumbo. No, like, Dumbo yes. needs the warning. Dumbo needs the warning. There, uh, Lady in the Tramp needs the warning. You wait, know, for uh, what? There's like the Siamese, oh, the Siamese. cats yeah, that yeah, have yeah. like the big teeth and stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff in the Disney repertoire that definitely needs the warning. I just this like I feel like this little... one feels it's an edge case. You know, <laughs> I um, mean, I don't know. Maybe they were making those jokes to themselves. Yeah, and maybe like maybe if I were like an older black guy, maybe I'd be watching it and being like, "This is there." Maybe they're like old stereotypes that we don't know anymore. This is jive coded. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't get it really, but uh, fucking sick movie. Otherwise, uh, animation, movie. beautiful yeah. songs, incredible. Um, Man, other... I was watching. I feel like so the Jungle Book is you said nineteen sixty seven, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like right before the. I, I've always thought of the Jungle Book as um, the beginning of Disney's laziness. Mm. Uh, like after Walt dies and they start like not putting as much effort into the animation. Right. Um, when it starts going to like Aristocats and, and all those um, sure middle ones there that people complain about the animation not being as good as like say Pinocchio or, or Snow White or whatever. Um, but I was watching that move that scene I just had the song stuck in my head this week for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I watched that scene and I was like, God damn, the animation is so good. Like every like little fiber of 
of yeah. his fur is like swaying around at like the correct motions. It's all on the ones. It's, it's so sick. So good. And that people do say that it's worse than like say Pinocchio. And it's people like, are wrong. It like kind of is in terms of animation, like the amount of technological like pristinity that they mm. were doing was a little more in Pinocchio. And this one's like a little sketchier, but it's still in it's leagues ahead of anything yeah. now. Um, so it's still uh, great. So I want to breeze quickly past a goofy movie. Uh, it is not as funny as I remembered it being. It's not as enjoyable as I remembered it being. However, what? there is a lot of really enjoyable stuff in like how dramatically they depict Goofy. Uh, I really love like these like <laughs> yes. these like really like somber and solemn and intense moments between him and his boss, where like there's like a great scene where uh, the boss is like suggesting that maybe Max is lying to Goofy about something, and Goofy's like, "No, Max would never do that." Yeah, yeah. And like you just see his face is just like so so forlorn, and he's, he's like so lit cute. from below by the glove box light, and it's just like incredible stuff there. But I think overall, I just didn't laugh at as as much as I wanted to. Um, That's the one I remember being like kind of dark, like when they're at the possum jamboree and mm-hmm. like he punches the the possum and his head spins around and like yeah. he's all worried that Max is going to go to prison for something. Mm-hmm. And like it's very he's, like he thinks he's going to get the electric chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, they <laughs> it, that that's why that Goofy is very uh African-American coded because mm-hmm. like they they clearly think his son is gonna like get in trouble for something he maybe didn't do and like he's worried right. about his like it's really sweet and I, I i like that movie it's cute it's not yeah super funny but it's a cute kids movie i think so the other other thing that i watched this week was an adults movie uh okay. i watched <laughs> i watched 2023's the holdovers oh the alexander payne movie that's right with how uh, was it paul giamatti and a bunch of kids um Really good. I liked it a lot. Really good. Yeah, it's nominated yeah. for an Oscar, right? It is. It's nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I think probably director and you know lead actor and all that sort of shit too. I, I'm, I feel like it's got a couple nominations. Uh, really, really nice little movie though. Um, mm-hmm. Very like um, a very fun sort of like you only really see Tarantino do this these days, where like he's very preoccupied with the texture of the film as a like piece of like actual media you know like it's it's like it's very conspicuously using like like grainy film and yeah like, yeah you know it uses like the old universal uh you know opening whatever that thing is called the sting you know like the 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 trailer that i watched for it beforehand has like an actual announcer guy doing like the he's a, a <laughs> tired professor and uh-huh. he is a kid stuck there for christmas right like it's very funny. The whole thing is very much like bundled together into this little this little morsel of just like they don't make them like that no more. Because even like the story itself is a real like they don't make them like that no more thing. It's set like, in the seventies. It's set in the seventies, but that's not even important because it doesn't feel like a seventies movie. It feels like it's like an eighties or nineties movie. But it's like okay. it's it's almost it is itself almost a commentary on movies where like this sort of story doesn't really get told anymore where it's just like an interesting character, an interesting other character. They're in like kind of a, an, an offbeat setting that gives you like some fun visuals to work with. And that's it. You know, it's literally just like the, the story is that uh, it's a private boarding school in new England where Paul Giamatti is a teacher. Uh, and he's like the hard ass pain in the ass, like mean teacher who everybody hates who like relishes in like ruining people's days and like, you know, <laughs> he's like showing up to class being like, being like, okay, pop quiz. And everyone's like, oh, come on. He's like, all right, fine. If you don't want to pop quiz, then we'll just take the midterm now. And like, you know, like he just like relishes in like ruining people's time. And then um, there's a bunch of kids who get stuck there over Christmas because their parents don't, you know, have the means to bring them home. So they stay at the boarding school over the two week Christmas break. There's a teacher who gets assigned to take care of them. Paul Giamatti gets the short straw this year. So he's the guy in charge, right? Yeah. And, um, and it's just kind of like a very simple setup that you don't really see a whole lot of anymore. Um, where it's really just kind of like throwing characters into a little situation where you get to see them bounce off each other. You get to see kind of, you know, what, what, 
what different crevices and nooks and crannies you can find in this character's, you know, little, little mannerisms and whatever. And like, how can they, how can they find similarities between each other? How can they like root out each other's little secrets and stuff? You know, like it, it's just a really nice little movie. Um, it sounds uh, lovely. It, you know, you get, um, a lot of good comedy in it. Um, it's a lot funnier than I expected it to be. I expected it to be funny, but not as funny as it was. Um, oh really? Why did pretty you... touching too? Um, there's also just like a very interesting like extra element of it too, where you know it takes place during the Vietnam War. Okay. And like, so one of the main characters is the uh, the woman who runs the cafeteria. She's a she's an older black woman whose son went to the school, uh, but he only got to go there because she worked there, and. Um, he went to Vietnam to try to, you know, serve a couple years uh, duty so that he could, you know, get out and pay for college, but he died over there. And so that kind of like hangs over the whole movie is like this woman is mourning the loss of her son. It's her first Christmas without him. And she's like a side character. She's like not one of the main ones, um, <laughs> but like, but she's definitely there for the whole movie. But this is just kind of like hanging over the movie the whole time is her, her like insane grief. That is just like, just, unbelievable at times uh just bubbling to the surface and then you know the rest of the movie is about paul giamatti's relationship with this one student who is the only one left behind for christmas Mm. and um it's just kind of this interesting thing that like pokes its head in every so often that you just forget about for a while and then it comes back where like um you know like the kid is rich he comes from a rich family he's at an elite prep school right like so he's not going to go to Vietnam and Paul Giamatti like comes from a background where like, you know, maybe if, you know, if circumstances had led him there, he could have ended up in Vietnam, but probably not also <laughs> he's stealing but valor kind of guy. Well, but no, but like, he's like a little older and he's a little more able to like, um, a little more able to reflect on like where his privilege has landed him. And like, you know, you learn a little more about kind of like the, the trials and tribulations trials and tribulations of his life later on but like mm-hmm. you know ultimately like he is also from a privileged position but he's able to recognize that and he's trying to teach it to this kid um and he and it just kind of rears its head every so often like they're at a bar and uh the kid like is like mouthing off to some dumbass at the bar and the dumbass is like you know gonna pick a fight with him and like it gets out of hand the kid you know goes to hide with paul giamatti and paul giamatti is just like hey guys let me buy you a beer. Leave the kid alone. And they're like, okay, great. And they're leaving. And the kid's like, why'd you buy that asshole a beer? He's such a fucking dick. He was going to hurt me. And then Paul G. is like, did you not notice like his fucking hand was blown off? You know, mm. you know, a lot of guys who go to the prep school who, who had their fucking hand blown off, <laughs> you know, like where do you think that guy just got fucking back from? <laughs> And they're just like, they're they're not very frequent and it's not definitely one of the main flavors of the movie, but it's like a nice, nice little undertone that you you got to include it if it's the seventies. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. It's all Um, around. So good movie. I liked it a lot. Definitely a recommend. Not, you know, not better than Killers of the Flower Moon or nothing like that, but (laughs) a good, nice little movie. Um, Does it, do you think it deserves a best picture nod? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if fucking Barbie's on there for sure. Way well, I don't think Barbie. that should be there. That movie uh, I mean, sucks. In terms of the movies I've seen so far this year, definitely yes. Um, I think even even in a five uh, even in a five horse race, I still probably would would at least support it. Um, but I haven't seen all the movies this year, so I couldn't say for sure. Well, we'll get there <laughs> before Brian, the end of the year. <laughs> I must know what else did you watch this week. Well, I am. Uh, still in the middle of I went on a plane month. Uh, <laughs> uh, so as you know, I watched a couple movies. One of them was Barbie. The other movie I watched that I wanted to talk about uh, was No Hard Feelings. Mm-hmm. Another, uh, they don't another, make them like this no more. <laughs> another 2023 kind of retro movie. It's not, you know, one thing I was getting distracted about while you're telling me about the holdovers was they invented 70s style uh title cards for focus features and miramax 
Um, uh, They had to hire a designer because they used the old Universal one, but then Focus Features didn't exist in the 70s. So they had to make a new one. That rocks. That's awesome. Same for Miramax. And Miramax liked it so much, that's the one they're using now. (laughs) So if if you go see the beekeeper in theaters, you will be seeing the new... Uh, 70s Miramax uh, card, uh, which looks pretty cool, actually. Um, it does look very cool. It's nice looking. Um, and why? Because the Focus Features one is so sick too. Although I will say, Miramax is from like the 90s or 80s, and theirs is their old one was pretty cool too. The one with like the laser, mm. like that's cool too. I don't know. Um, the Focus Features one is also cool, but. It's so 70. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did a great job, I think. Um, anyway, No Hard Feelings is not a throwback in that way. It takes place in current day. <laughs> it has uh it does it doesn't try to pretend like it's from 2005 or whenever it's kind of referencing. <laughs> right. Um, but it is a raunchy sex comedy. Mm-hmm. Um the movie is about do you have you seen this? Not yet, no. Uh, it's directed by someone named Gene Stepinski, uh, nice. who uh, <laughs> <laughs> he directed. Uh, or let's see, this is his second movie. He directed Good Boys, that like sort of. Um, it's like a bunch of. It's like a couple of kids. It's like written by. It's like produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Okay. Uh, it came out in 2019. No one watched it. Um, he like wrote Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz and Year One with Michael Sarah. So he's like mm. a comedy guy. And it feels like it's very specifically like, let's make an American pie for now. Right. Um, no Hard Feelings is about uh, this woman whose name is Maddie. And she is just a poor person, I guess. Like she drives Uber and bartends. She lives mm-hmm. in Montauk. The whole thing takes place in montauk and um she has to pay taxes on her home that she owns because her mom bought it and uh is dead her mom's dead now um so she's just poor and but owns a house in the place that she grew up um we find out through the movie that her dad was like a sort of shitty businessman guy who already had a family in new york but like vacationed in Montauk and knocked up her mom and Mm -hmm. didn't give them any money and has never wanted to see her. She tried to contact him a long time ago and uh, he was like, fuck you. I don't care. (laughs) Don't ever contact me again. Um, So she's sort of a mess, uh, has a lot of daddy issues, kind of just is the town like slut, um, (laughs) fucks a lot of guys. Sure. um, her car gets impounded and so she needs a job she can't work if she doesn't have a car um and so she uh takes this weird offer and this is the sort of silliest thing in the movie is like the actual setup for the premise of the movie Mm -hmm. uh is like these um weird helicopter rich parents who like moved to Montauk and bought a big beach house um, have this son who's going to college and they he's a big nerd. He sits on his computer and plays, you know, RTSs all day. Right. Uh, doesn't seem to have any friends um, and he's going to college and they want to get him laid. So they're like, if you're a nice lady, uh, a nice young, pretty girl who will pretend to date our son, uh we'll give you this car that we have um and she's like i need a car what the fuck uh, couldn't it have just been money <laughs> i know uh it ends i mean up- the premise is already like kind of bullshit just to begin with but like i mean at least like you could like i've uh, believe me in the in the heyday of craigslist i've been in some weird like I, i've seen some weird posts i've done some weird jobs like there were definitely people who i know i've heard about done <laughs> some shit like this but the car is kind of like, come on. I think it's supposed to be funny that it's just like an old Buick because uh, he gets a new car and that was like his car and it's like right. the car they had before. And they're just like, yeah, I don't know why they don't also include money here. Um, 
it's a it's strain it's they strain here to get this set up um so anyway she's supposed to uh fuck the kid and uh he's 19 and mm-hmm. he works at an animal he volunteers at, a, at an animal shelter um and so she meets with them they're like no one can ever know that we put you up to this um it seems like a huge ask that there has to be money on top for this anyway. So I don't know why they don't just make it money. It's really sh- the yeah. only reason is because when he does find out, he destroys the car and it's kind of funny. Um, mm. So it's like they kind of wrote themselves. It, there's a lot of very plotty things. It's not a very smart movie. Sure. Um, it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. So the movie is funny for a little while. Mm hmm. Um, I think my big issue with the movie is that so she starts to try to you know seduce this kid but it's like a cartoon like she puts on like a really skimpy dress and goes to the animal shelter and is just like I'm gonna fuck you <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like doesn't try to be cute or a nerd girl like there's so many more funny ways she could have like misunderstood the the uh, the way to do this um that aren't like so ren and stimpy over the top like mm-hmm. this doesn't feel to me like an american pie misunderstanding it feels like a yeah like a ren and stimpy like re- so ridiculous that it doesn't really translate as funny to me um she like literally is kidnapping and trying to rape him <laughs> uh-huh. uh and uh but then it's because it's a comedy they like just kind of move past and she's like i just thought you were cute and i will say one thing that's fun one thing that is good about this movie is that all of this stuff is very shockingly saved by the kid Mm. the 19 year old they got to uh play this guy who i don't think has been in very many so andrew barth feldman is so good at playing a realistic nerd um who has a real has real emotions and a real kind of sense of himself. Um, I don't know. I think it's, he does a really, really good job. Um, And kind of saves the movie for me in terms of the Mm -hmm. emotional core of it. I think Jennifer Lawrence is funny, but anytime you're supposed to like care about her, it completely falls off the rails because she's such an asshole. She's such a cartoon character. Um, when they start doing the slow music where you're supposed to like care about her as like someone who has problems that she's trying to fix. It's like, I don't want this in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is this in the movie? And the big problem with the movie is that they do way too much of it. Um, at a certain point, it kind of has like rom-com beats because there's nothing else to follow with a movie like this. And then they really start going off the rails because it's like they can't fuck like they can't really be in a relationship. He's a 19 year old and she's like 32. Right. Um, it's like weird and creepy. And they acknowledge that and want to play it for laughs. But then they also kind of know it's too creepy for them to like actually fall in love. So their friendship feels very strained and weird. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so. It's hard because it's funny when it's trying to be funny. There's like a couple really funny scenes. Yeah. Like when she's like trying to get him to go skinny dipping and she really doesn't want to. And then these kids are who are his bullies like come to take their clothes. And then she just rushes out of the ocean completely naked and starts beating their ass. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> very funny. And it's really raunchy. And uh, there's a lot of like stuff like that that would have been in a movie from that era that you're just like wow okay <laughs> i'm surprised um, they were able to like how full nude are we talking about here like nude <laughs> well, i'm surprised they were able to do that without a uh without an nc-17 i mean yeah i don't know uh she's naked uh it's not <laughs> sexual at all she's just naked it's funny right. um <laughs> um uh yeah so I think the stuff where her with her like daddy issues where she has to get over it and the kid like helps and stuff. It's just like, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then there's a lot of stuff when he finds out about the whole scheme, like he's really mad about it. And then like, there's a whole like kind of turns into him getting revenge on her and that stuff is kind of funny, but then it gets a little too serious. It's just like, it always gets a little too serious is my problem with the movie is that American pie works because the most serious it can get is like, I actually really like you. Yeah, I was gonna say like the the furthest they ever go is like, oh man, we're not gonna see each other as much when we go to college, <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like they can do the little oh, we're having an emotion, but the like the setup to this movie is so insane that they like can't play it straight without making right. it really dark. Um, so it's in places pretty dark, <laughs> um, and I just it feels really jarring, and then it makes you think about like how appropriate this is and how like if this was the reverse genders that it would be really inappropriate and it's like just kind of gross and she seems like an asshole and a bad person and you don't care if she ever wins um and has a nice happy ending so it's about as mid as i thought it would be Mm -hmm. um i was glad that i actually really had some pretty hard laughs it wasn't not worth watching, but I can't really recommend it. Like if you are <laughs> so desirous of a comedy that will make you laugh, I think you got you can go for it, but it's not like a good movie. <laughs> it's got some funny parts. Yeah. And I the I just want once again want to give more credit to this kid. I think the problem I think his career hasn't taken off just because this movie didn't do very well. But he's so good in it. I I hope he's in more stuff because he. Well, just and also, does, I mean, it hasn't been that long yet. It was last year. Yeah, yeah. I hope he. I hope his career takes off because he's really good. Um, if it, it, I would say maybe watch it just for him. Um, does a good job, and he's funny. Um, that's all. Uh, so let's get into our feature presentation. Hit it. <laughs> Movies, popcorn. It's time for our feature presentation, which this week is the Lawrence Castan debut picture uh, featuring Kathleen Turner in her debut picture from 1981. It is the neo noir erotic thriller film Body Heat. Uh, <laughs> what have you seen this movie? No, I've never seen this. I've never heard of this. Um, so I actually have a very, very strong memory of uh in 1995 it's in the first thing in the wikipedia in 1995 uh they named empire magazine named it uh one of the sexiest movies of all time it's Uh oh yeah sexiest stars in film history and there was like a little news like entertainment tonight thing and i remember seeing that scene where he throws the chair through the glass window Mm -hmm. and being like why is my dad and like this is like why are these like old people like this i remember having this like really specific like like strange reaction to it was like i'm recognizing that this is like romantic and sexy but they like look like old people right yeah and i and i just being kind of grossed out by it and like kind of laughing at it so i knew that it was a movie that was supposed to be sexy body heat was like a sexy movie and I never watched it. Um, so yeah, I, I, this, this is the first time I'm seeing it and wow, sexy movie. <laughs> wow. Gotta say <laughs> good pick everybody. Um, <laughs> really for, surprised. Uh, for, for, so far, for, fuck for has really been delivering. <laughs> I'm loving it. Uh, yeah. So this movie is about a guy who's a lawyer who kind of gets ensnared and um, embroiled in a, uh, a kind of murder mystery thing. Um, yeah. So let's go through it. Um, we'll, we'll go through it fully. Um, sure. So main character is Ned, who is a lawyer in South Florida. He's homies with uh, these two cops um, who uh, one of them is Ted Danson. The other one is just some fucking guy. <laughs> I think, right? It's not, 
It's not like another actor I should know, is it? Oh, uh, the black guy. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's. A no, big name. I, he he is um, James Allen Preston. He's a character actor. He's in Spook Who Sat by the Door. Oh, Hill uh, Street we, Blues, which we watched. Um. Uh, we want. He's in Roots. Yeah, he's just a kind of a character actor. It seems like. Yeah, he's just around. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> he plays a character named Black Elmo on <laughs> All in the Family. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Different times back in 1975. Yep. Yep. Don't uh, nobody do that voice at home. <laughs> nobody do the bit. Just everybody just let that one go right on by. Don't right think on about by. it. Don't think um, about it. So anyway, so Ned is uh Ned's a lawyer in South Florida. He's homies with those guys. Uh he is uh he's like a single guy. He's um he's out and about fucking. Uh first he's scene ta- we see him in slut. is he's, yeah. he's the town <laughs> slut, much like Jennifer Lawrence. Um uh-huh. first scene we see him in, he's he's fucking this broad uh who we never see again he's just like looking out the window at a burning building just being like oh damn it's hot out huh (laughs) (laughs) so fucking hot what we're supposed to be taking away from that scene but it's really nice all the same (laughs) it's beautiful this movie is so wet Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, everyone wet is. movie. <laughs> <laughs> everyone is just so steamy and sweaty, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, Ned hurt. Uh, Ned hurt. William hurt. Uh, looking fine. Yeah, great. It's really funny <laughs> that like when you watch it, as because I can see exactly what you're talking about. Like the style of people in this, you see them and, and you're his like, hair Those are, like, and parents. mustache. Yeah. But like, looking at him now, I'm like, that's a fucking hot dude. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's so smoking in this movie, and because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen movies with William Hurt in them before, and even uh, the movie that he's in, uh, I think Lauren Castan's next movie, I've talked about a couple times on this show, uh, The Big Chill. Mm-hmm. He's in The Big Chill, and I don't know, he like ages a, quite a few years in those <laughs> in those few years in from 1981 to 1983. Uh, where he just like looks a little puffier mm-hmm. and like more like a dad. He's going more bald in, in the big sure. chill. In this movie, he's got a full head of hair. He's ripped. Yeah. He's, he's got a looking... nice like mustache situation going on. Um and I never noticed how much his his uh his voice sounds like uh John Hamm. Mm-hmm. He's he's a hunk in this movie. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Um it is kind of wild. <laughs> so I... he meets uh he meets this chick Maddie at a bar. And uh, he, you know, they, they, I think they just like go back to her place and she's got this like gigantic mansion. Uh, and then she kind of reveals to him that she's married. He's going to be the other man in the situation. Um, and uh, well, they meet up a couple times. Yeah, he meet, they meet each other at the, the pier first. And then mm-hmm. like he's like, let me buy you a popsicle. He's hitting on her hard. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm married. And then she like disappears and then they run into each other again the next day or something at, at a bar. And then right. she's like, he's like, I want to hear your wind chimes. And she's like, okay, okay, fine. Come on over to my Come house. Come on over to my house just to listen to the wind chimes. <laughs> and so, but she's got like a gigantic fucking mansion. And we kind of get this reveal that she's married to this guy, uh, Edmund, who uh, isn't fucking her right. And uh, is like away on business all the <laughs> no, time. Terrible dick. <laughs> Pipe game is not keeping her in the house. Not strong. (laughs) Weak, even. So she's very obviously out and about trying to find some new strange dick. And uh, so he's like, all right, sick. That uh, sounds pretty fucking nice to me. And then we get like, I want to say. It's 20 minutes. I'm like skipping through here just looking at like, uh, you know, the. Oh, the actual sex scene? Yeah, like, well, what's actually happening in the movie? And, like, yeah, it's, like, pretty much a good solid, like, 20 minutes or so of the movie is just them fucking in various scenarios. uh, (laughs) The smoke. Well, we get, it's 20 minutes before they fuck. So there's, like, almost a half an hour of smoldering Mm -hmm. and just, like, you know, build up. And then we get another 10 minutes of, like, different scenes of them naked together and, and fucking, like, pretty pretty explicit for the time like yeah 
very very thin sheets where her hand is like jerking them off and mm-hmm. like her some uh, nice stuff nice stuff here <laughs> uh yeah her like face down in the silk sheets like getting around oh yeah dude. Uh, that's some good stuff <laughs> some good stuff happening here so uh we get um i can't remember in which sequence these two things happen but at some point he goes to woo her at her gazebo in the backyard and he says like, hey, baby, want to fuck? Basically, He's like, like hey, ex- lady, want to fuck? It's almost exactly that. And then it turns out that it's not her at the gazebo. It's her friend from high school who looks a lot like her. Quite a bit like her, actually. And uh, he's like, oh, shit. Uh, fuck. Sorry. And then he like apologizes to her. He's like, damn, you're going to get fucking found out if I keep acting a fool like this. I'm just too <laughs> dick drunk right now is the problem. I mean, <laughs> just like all the blood is just leaving yeah. my brain. <laughs> I, I'm fucking Jessica Rabbit herself. It really is like incredible how well this movie like really... Uh, uh, represents like the feeling of being so horny that you will kill yourself. Like <laughs> this guy, like <laughs> like he really is just like walking into buzzsaw after buzzsaw just because he's so fucking horned up. <laughs> it does. The movie is steamy and passionate as hell. Yeah. Well, a thing I would not have appreciated in my 20s, I think. Like, this is an adult sexy movie, I think. Maybe, but I feel like it definitely for, is. For me, I, I don't know. But I was thinking also just like like life experience plays a big role in enjoying this as well. Like, where in my 20s, yeah, I hadn't been through a relationship yet where it was just like, this, like the the sex was just so good that... I was willing to overlook so many awful things. (laughs) And not only that, like do stuff you shouldn't be doing. Like I'm taking the train all the way to the Bronx for this. Like Like, I have stuff to do, (laughs) but this dick is kind of worth it actually. So, so, so yeah. So he accidentally uh, reveals to her friend uh, or at least like, pretty much like makes it apparent that something's going on to uh to maddie's friend and then in another scene he's like showing up at her house she's like looking after her niece um yes and she's like hey you can't fucking be here right now dude my niece is here and he's like oh but i fucking need you so bad and she's like all right you're you're absolutely right actually and she starts <laughs> sucking him off and then the niece like immediately comes out the door and is just like what aunt aunt maddie <laughs> uh oh no and then runs away uh um, so they've been find out found out once again by a relative yeah um, um or not a aunt- relative i mean the kid is a relative the the other girl is not a relative Right. So then, um, you know, we're kind of through this sequence. Uh, at some point, um, they like accidentally run into each other at a restaurant and Edmund uh, meets uh, Ned and kind of like does this whole like, uh, you know, if I thought my wife was fucking around behind my back, I'd probably murder the guy, the <laughs> pussy that good. You know, I'm not trying to fucking let anybody else in on it. And uh, you kind of think like, oh, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's like onto them but he's not uh he's just a weird guy who's <laughs> saying that he's a weird that. guy um and, and it, but i mean it, it, you might think knowing what you find out about Jessica Rabbit later um mm. is uh that he might just assume she is and like right she probably is uh <laughs> she's very wily <laughs> yes this probably isn't the first time this has happened right. um and you're a hot guy, so I'm just going to say right now, please don't fuck my wife. Please don't fuck my <laughs> wife. I, I will kill myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but so, uh, right. So at some point after this, they're like kind of like uh, post-fucking. They're in bed talking about her life and whatever. And she's like, I hate this guy that I'm married to. He does not dick me down right. I'm tired of living this way. He's I want to fucking guy. leave him. Uh, and Ned just is like, why don't you kill him? I guess we're killing him, right? Why don't you kill him and take the money? And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, why don't you just fucking do that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she says, I'd rather he'd be dead. She's like kind of egging him on a little bit. And he's like, I guess that's where we are. I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah. I guess we're killing him. Um, And she's like, hell yeah. dude!" (laughs) Nice. Yeah. This is a great idea. We should definitely do this. Um, And then, uh, 
trying to think of what happens uh, next after this. All the all of the good fucking is over at this point, by the way. Um, for the rest of the movie, I don't think they fuck again. Unfortunately, no. About the 50-minute mark, uh, <laughs> this becomes not a sexy movie. It becomes a a murder, you know, a sort of straight noir where they're like killing this guy and then there's like they kill him. And I, I would I won't say that it becomes a less fun movie. Um which it becomes fun in a different way. Yeah. Um it reminded me a lot of um that uh fuck. What movie was that that we watched? Um the the tar guy. Tar guy? Uh in the in the, the bedroom. Movie tar. Oh, in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How in the bedroom, like Todd three Field. different times, <laughs> it just like, like, whoops, different movie now. Different movie. Uh, but you, but you're just like, oh, cool other movie. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> nice. I think I would have gotten a little sick of another hour of them fucking, maybe. Yeah. Um, Especially so if no, nothing it, was happening, you know. Right. Well, I think that's one of the issues I was having with the movie at first. I was like, now this is really sexy, and I'm enjoying watching it. But what is like? I kept like at, at a couple. There's this thing that happens in my stupid like film student brain where I just like around the 20 minute mark, I'm like inciting incident. Mm. Like what is actually the point of the movie? What is like the conflict? What's happening? And that happened in this movie where it was just like 50 minutes in. They're like still just sneaking around and it's like, what? What's going on? I like, where's mm. the tension here? Um, and then you get a big tension. They they hatch a plan to kill the guy they succeed in doing it um yeah they have a whole thing where mickey Mickey rooney or mickey (laughs) Rourke, excuse me not mickey rooney (laughs) they uh they have a whole thing where they're like they're gonna kill him and then they're gonna use uh like an incendiary device to burn up his restaurant that he owns and like with him in it so that it looks like it was an accident and um you know ned's got like a homie that he knows from his law career who uh ted danson uh, no, 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 different homie. Uh, like some criminal who just knows how to make incendiary devices. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll make it for you. But just so you know, this is a really stupid idea and you sh- probably shouldn't do this. <laughs> and he's like, I can't <laughs> help it. I'm just, I'm too fucking horny for it. Um, <laughs> so they they kill Edmund uh, in like a decent sequence. Um, you know, Edmund has a gun and they didn't plan for that. And so Maddie like runs in behind him. He's like, he has a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Ned just beats him to death with a piece of fucking wood. <laughs> I kind of wish, I think it would have been more fun. Like, I think that they're trying to preserve a little like real, like this is a movie where they're very, it's very realistic. There's a lot of realism mm. in it. And I feel like that's a very like eighties, seventies type of movie thing. Um, But I wish they had a better idea than hide in the closet and mm-hmm. knock him over the head with a, a piece of wood. Um, I think it would have been more fun if it was sure. a, if it, if they had a cooler idea than that. And then their solution to that is blow up his body at this building he owns. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they did research. So you kind of, it's one of those things where the plans is like revealed to you as they, it's unfolding. Um, I guess the idea was they're going to, put his body in the breakers. Mm-hmm. This is a beach side, like sort of rundown property that he owns that isn't, has nothing built on it. And then the idea is that his skeezy scummy associates would have burnt it down for some insurance money, I guess. Right, and then yeah. like they, they're being investigated for his death. Um, and disappearance and Mm -hmm. the burning down in the building, which is a good idea. Um, It's not, I want to stop right here and say, I don't think they do a good enough job at making this guy seem like an asshole. That's true. Like, but I actually kind of think that that's, that's kind of an interesting angle too, where like, and, and, and Ned even says it at some point where he's like, we're going to kill this guy for no other reason than that. We want to kill him. And we need to kind of like be, at least somewhat okay with that reality and like never we can't ever say like he deserved it because he didn't you know (laughs) (laughs) not for this anyway we're just doing this because we're horny and we want to keep fucking and this can't go on like this anymore well Um, i guess what my my i guess my my problem with it is that is right and i like it but i i 
I think the problem is like, why doesn't she just leave? Like they don't mm-hmm. have the conversation where it's like divorce him. And she's well, like, they do. no, I they need do. the money. No, but that's the thing is, so they have a prenuptial agreement. Um, so their, their prenup outlines that she, if she divorced him would get nothing. Um, so she's like, we have to also, before we kill him, we need to write up a new will uh, because otherwise like, what is it? It's like, she's supposed to yeah, split but the money. He doesn't care like she's just greedy and like she asks to like do the to the will so that she'll get more money and right. he's like no nothing weird he's, can yeah happen. he's like yeah ned is very smart and he's like no this is a stupid idea to write a new will for the guy right before he mysteriously dies who do you think they're gonna be fucking looking at and but she does it anyway and uh she forges his name on there uh and um uh so so immediately everybody's looking at him, but he's like, oh, but I'm so fucking, uh, I can't. Uh, <laughs> that That's the one this where- This huge it's... violation of my fucking- <laughs> That's the one where I think it goes too far, where I'm like, I can't follow Ned. I can't relate to Ned being like, I still trust her, even though you did the exact thing I literally told you not to do mm-hmm. uh, behind my back and forged my, like- yeah committed felonies and not just broke my trust but like you're crazy yeah like that's so crazy for her to do um but she did it uh but she did it and then he doesn't try to like play defensive like there's never any point until like the very end where he's like oh she's gonna fuck me over again no well he doesn't realize it until a while and he's like i mean he's definitely like trying not to realize it for a long time too right (laughs) Uh, but he, um, uh, yeah, so he starts playing along and he's like, well, I have no other choice really, but to play along. Oh, and there's like, uh, because of the way that he prepared the, uh, like because of the way that she actually did the paperwork for the will, it becomes null and void. And then because of that, it actually means that everything goes to her now, which is like an interesting little thing. Right. That, and uh, also so, so clever of her to do research on him that he'd made that exact mistake before in a case mm-hmm. in the past. So it looks like he actually could have made that mistake again. Right. Uh, so devious, such mm-hmm. a femme fatale here. Yeah. I uh, love it. I, <laughs> yeah. So, but so, 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 so Ned's buddies, the two cops, they end up starting to kind of uh, catch on to, uh, to how sketchy this all is because he's, you know, now at, uh, Ned is like, you know, openly dating her. And they're like, dude, this is so stupid. What is wrong with you? Don't date this woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's Ted gonna Dan- be looking at you. Ted and- Danson is just like, are you out of your fucking mind? Don't yeah. do this. Don't fuck her. And like over the course of, of the rest of the movie, like he he keeps being like, look, this guy sucks and he deserved to die. But like, I need to tell you, like you look so sketchy in this. Everybody's looking at you like you did it. You probably did do it, and uh, I just want to help you out here. So please, fucking, just stop walking into buzz saws, please. <laughs> but he just keeps doing it. Um, Can't stop the pussy too good. Yeah, there's like some stuff with like uh, there's like a pair of glasses that they expected to find on Edmund's body, but that they don't. They can't find uh, Marianne, the the high school friend who is supposedly an alibi. Uh, a great one is that. Um, uh, Ned's alibi for the night is that he's at like a hotel room in Miami, and they're like in, in, in Miami city. but they're like uh, uh, the hotel records show that somebody tried to call your room multiple times and nobody answered <laughs> which, <laughs> which is such is an that... awesome such an awesome way to fuck somebody's alibi that trusted you <laughs> so does that it, the implication that she did it right yes uh huh that she so just sat there and up. called him like five times so that it would prove that he wasn't in the room. <laughs> so fucked up. She's such a bitch. Uh, and wh- so at this point, he still isn't fully like, ah, oh, damn, like, uh, uh, this bitch is definitely trying to frame me. <laughs> the thing that finally gets him is he, uh, he runs into like uh, another lawyer that he knows and he's like, hey, this uh this chick has been asking around about you and uh uh I gave her your number um as a referral for your law business and he's like oh w- what else did you tell her and he's like oh I also told her that you like fucked up that one job that one time yeah yeah <laughs> um 
And so he pieces that together with some information from his sketchy friend that uh, that somebody has been trying to like build a firebomb uh, to to open to like blow up when you open a door. And uh, and then um, Maddie like calls him and she's like, hey, we found the glasses now that we can like plant them somewhere. And that'll you know, that'll be the final piece of the puzzle. They're just behind this door. And he's like, mm, I don't know. But he even show, even to this point, he like shows up and he like almost opens the door. He like looks in there. He sees the string. He's he like, knows Shit. all the information we know. He sees it. And he's like, oh, that's the firebomb. He goes back and then even still almost goes and opens it again. <laughs> Drunk on the pussy. Yeah. So, so, so then so Maddie shows up and, uh, Maddie shows up and he's like, all right, bitch, like the jig is up. You go open that fucking door. And then she goes to open it. And then even then he's just like, wait, no, <laughs> the house blows up. And uh, and then we get like a fade to he's in prison now. He's, <laughs> he's gone down hard. Yeah, for he's this the most crime. bamboozled man in the history of the 80s. And the thing that's funny, <laughs> too, is that he keeps like he's like trying to prove his innocence. He's trying to prove like what Maddie did and whatever. And it's like, buddy. You are the one who fucking killed the guy still. Like there's no amount of proving this that's going to change the fact that you killed the guy. <laughs> yeah, your hands are your fingerprints are all over. I mean, you could he's probably a lawyer. He probably as a lawyer, he's like, "Well, she did all of the stuff I did." Mm-hmm. So, except for literally, you know, hit the guy over the head, which he could have done. So he could Which is kind of the bigger one. <laughs> he could be arguing like if he could prove she was alive, mm-hmm. he could probably like do a deal to turn her in, to testify against her and say like, well, I just introduced her to the bomb guy. You know, she did all of the stuff. She hit him over the head. You know, she killed him. I was an yeah. accessory, but I'm like getting a deal to shorten my sentence or something. Like He's he wants out and he's pretty annoyed that she, <laughs> he's right peeved. <laughs> yeah. And and he doesn't believe she's dead, but his lawyer is like we the, the fucking teeth the dental Oh, that's records. right. Yeah, they um yeah, they they find the body inside the thing and he's like no, she's still alive. And then he like uh the last thing he does is he finds her yearbook from high school and he finds that her high school friend who looks kind of like her is actually the one named Maddie. And the person he thinks is Maddie is actually uh, whatever the fuck her name is. Mary something. And um, and he's like, oh, oh, fuck. And then he like <laughs> looks at her like, you know, plans for the future thing in her yearbook. And it's it basically just says like murder my husband and make a lot of money. <laughs> and her nickname is the vamp. Yeah. And then uh, it like cuts to her sipping a cocktail on a fucking beach with a new French husband. And you're like, damn, nice. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> It's kind of like a heist movie for demented bitches. <laughs> Use your head, you dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, um... <laughs> Wait, what like... I told you that you could work with men. Oh, yeah. This is like... <laughs> This is really what the all-female reboot of Ocean's Eleven should have been like. (laughs) I think she's too mean. I mean, like, he is nice, and, I mean, he shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have killed the guy. No, he's like an affable dumbass. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, A true proper himbo. mm -hmm, Big time. Uh, This movie's very good. Yeah, I liked Uh, it a lot. This movie's a lot of fun. Um and I want to. I I was watching this movie, and I was just like, I kind of see. <laughs> it's it's. It, I had such a weird, I think, very specifically millennial reaction to this movie, where mm. a part of my brain, when he is, when he throws a chair through the door to go get her, like yeah. what's actually happening in the movie, up until that point is he's aggressively pursuing her, not really taking no for an answer, mm-hmm. uh, not respecting her wishes for him to leave her house and then breaking her house. Uh, and uh, that's never like come back to, like it's never explained why the door's broken. Like the guy, co- the husband comes back. No, he's um, just so, fu- oh, oh, I see what you're you saying. Know what yeah, I mean? The husband like, doesn't, uh, yeah. 
find out that the door's broken for any reason. Uh, it's never addressed. It's just he's they're so horny that this is appropriate. And yeah. so at one point, a part of my brain was like, uh, this seems pretty bad, uh, <laughs> kind of rapey. Uh, but another part of my brain was like, hell yeah, <laughs> this is nice. Uh, <laughs> luckily, they like, unlike Three Days of the Condor, like it's not as have you seen Three Days of the Condor? No. Um, I've talked about it on the show. Uh, on a what else did I watch? Like that is a movie that has a love interest part. Um, about a guy that a girl that Robert Redford kidnaps and like they have sex, but she's mm-hmm. like literally a captive <laughs> uh, and should not be able to consent. It's very awkward, and I don't think it should be in the movie. This is like played really well i think and it makes the like the cat and mouse like will they won't they tension is like building up you know Mm. uh and she doesn't want to and he's trying to respect that but then she does really actually want to is like something you wouldn't see anymore and like for me really works in this movie to make it really hot um and so i had like a a sort of split like i don't know how i feel about this Mm -hmm. like no men no one should behave this way like (laughs) no one should break down my door because they want to fuck me so bad uh but in the context of fiction i find it to be very nice um so (laughs) it's a weird on the cusp thing and like they they luckily like have her say like enthusiastically literally she says yes like Mm -hmm. please finger me uh um so i'm it glad you broke my door <laughs> thank you that was so hot and it was um interesting i thought it was and it was interesting that it was on this level where it seemed like they knew they had to like have it be like she's not she is into this you know what i mean right uh and then they like take their time and make sure you know they're both into it uh but they couldn't just have him like ravish her uh <laughs> and it'd be like something that the audience would appreciate i thought that was interesting yeah um but so good movie the good the movie's good uh it's very it's very horny uh and then until it's not and then it's a very fun intriguing little puzzle uh yeah. and then you're like wait who is playing who here having a good time having a good time watching a movie <laughs> uh so i recommend it yeah definitely recommend it um one of the more um one of the more fun new not new but i mean like in terms of like new movies to me first time watches one of the more fun ones i've had in a while so thanks for that yeah lawrence castan you know wrote star wars Mm -hmm. uh so he's pretty talented uh he did this and then another movie that i got a little obsessed with uh not because it's incredible, but just because of how like baseline sick it is, is, is big chill. Um, and it makes me really, really want to watch Silverado, mm. <laughs> uh, which is a 1985 Western that he uh, wrote and directed right after the big chill. So maybe that will be what I watch next week. Um, but yeah, fuck brewery is going well. Uh, another banger. Um, after showgirls a very different kind of movie this is actually just straight ahead not really saying much just a nice little noir movie um so i liked it a lot and then next week we'll be watching the duke of burgundy um who's uh i don't know if you know this directed by the same guy who did castle and varga um oh extremely different tones though uh i should is, fucking hope so this is, <laughs> this a, is fuck brewery <laughs> this is a much more fun sexy movie uh than that um he he did a 180 we'll talk about it next week uh on his on his style and what he told me in person about it so look forward to that listener um i have inside knowledge on peter Strickland. <laughs> um so thanks so much for listening. This has been Generation Loss. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and sign up to be a freak, uh, which gets you a bonus episode. We're doing, um, you know, rankings, emails, which we'll do next week because we have two. Uh, <laughs> we will. We Lots of fun stuff on the bonus episodes. Um, 
If you want to vote on the movie we are going to do every month, which this past month was The Boys Season 3, we are done with The Boys, so vote is happening this weekend. Just Probably just happened this weekend, but for next time, you can be a Sopranos tier or you can join the Dark Council. All that is over there at patreon.com slash generationloss. Otherwise, you can follow us on Twitter at genlosspod. Follow us individually from there. Listen to my band. We've got a new record coming out in a couple weeks called Ferried Away. Um, listen to Jeremy's, uh, other show on YouTube, Jeremy Thunder over there. Uh, and until next time, oh, Hey, listen to beep beep lettuce. I've been on it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's a fun time. Uh, so thanks for listening until next time. That's That's movies. movies. It's a scene from a movie. It's an out of the storm. It's the view of a canyon. The sound of the sword It's an arch of the beaches Your wife in the shower While you wait for appointments As you walk through the bar